You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to Single Fathers Today. I'm your host, Mark Hill. This podcast is geared towards single fathers who have been awarded custody of their kids, going through a divorce process, uh, have been through the process, and trying to figure out what do I do going forward, being a good father for my kids, and uh, moving forward in life and doing the best I can to support them. If you have any questions or comments related to the show, you can send me an email at singlefatherstoday at gmail.com or look me up on a Twitter feed at Single Fathers Today. So, I am a little bit nervous about this show today. I am, uh, I've, I've kind of thought about it, and I have to admit that um, you guys have heard my show, you've heard me talk about my kids, and I have one of my three princesses here today. Um, my middle daughter here is Monica. And I would like to, I don't have the applause uh, soundtrack in the back, but I got my engineer clapping. So I want to say welcome to the show, Monica. Speak and let everybody know you exist. Hi, I exist. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the the basis of the show today and coming to the studio today, and actually I've been having this conversation with her. Uh, well, let me back up a little bit. Um a couple of weeks ago, uh, I posted on my Facebook site that I was going to have her on the show, and we did the show, and on the initial run, I it was a last-minute thing, and I actually called her at college, and she was like, yeah, Dad, what do you need? Hey, let's do a show, and I was like, okay, and I listened to it, but it didn't come out the way that I wanted it to come out, and I... I I want to make sure that when I send something out to you guys um, for the dads, I want to make sure that you guys have a good show, a lot of information. I love the information I got back from the last two shows, the last uh, three podcasts, actually. And I want to make sure I do things right. So with this particular show, I I said, well, I'm just going to can that previous one. And she happened to come into town uh, from Mount Pleasant fire up chips if you know about that if you're michigan you know who it, you know what that is so i have here here i have her here today and i want to go ahead and discuss a couple things and i'm glad that i have her here with me and the topic i want to discuss is how a male or having the father in the life of the kids of your kids how it affects you. And what I mean how it affects you, I'm not talking about the dad. I'm talking about the kids. And when I talk about the perception video or the perception podcast, if you guys remember that one, um, I, I laid out a lot of topics and a lot of things, but it was from the father's perspective. But by having 
my own child here today on the show, you guys will see my plan is for you guys to see what it's like from their side. Now, as I mentioned before, I'm bringing a lot of my personal stories into it, um, but there's limitations on what I bring in. So what I'm going to ask Monica is from what she can recall, what was it like or what did you feel in the initial stages when, because again, you got to remember when you go through a divorce, the kids, they see certain things and their life is just completely torn. And you have as a dad, if you're trying to fight for custody for your kids, you have to keep that foundation built. Even though the building might have been damaged and there might be cracks in the building, windows might be broken, walls might be taken out, you have to be able to firm up that structure. So without me, because I've been blabbing on for a while, um, without putting her on the spot, what was it like for you, some of the things that you might have experienced during that time period and initially what what did you see from your perspective um i know for me it really felt like i had to grow up a lot faster um i was already cooking and doing laundry and stuff in like fifth grade taking care of like my sisters but it's definitely it was a transition um I know a lot of times people are like single moms, single moms, and I had to like be like, okay, my dad, because I live with my dad, and um, you know, what kind of what happened with mom, and then uh, throughout the moving process to Tennessee, like we stayed with you, so I always I always had to be like, okay, let me ask my dad, like this and this and this, my dad. So I think it was like a lot of different, like for people as well as I was kind of talking um, about my father instead of my mother, which is like nothing wrong with that. It just was like. A lot of transition, um, and then I always take care of like my little sister. So like, that's my whole baby. <laughs> uh, everybody knows <laughs> that I talk about my sister. Like that is my whole heart, and me and her are really close. Now she goes to school with me, so it's definitely you had to grow up a lot faster and had to learn a lot more things. So me comparing myself to a lot of my other friends that came up in two parent households or um, came up with mothers, it was it's different, and I compare myself a lot. But there's nothing wrong. It definitely was a transition, but you were, you were cool for the most part, you know. Got on my nerves here and there. But. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me back the, back the show up a little bit. When she mentions Tennessee, um, for those that have listened to the show, you've heard me mention a lot about Michigan. Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. Um, I had an opportunity, and I'll bring you one of my personal stories. Um, again, being a military vet, I had moved to Michigan. Uh, again, I was originally from Texas. I moved to Michigan, and I lived in Michigan until um, the recession hit in 09. So you, you got to kind of understand. I completed my divorce in uh, it was October of 2008. Soon after that, March of 09, I was laid off. So you just been awarded your, your, your kids. Now you're laid off of work. What the hell do you do? So I was out of work for seven months. Seven months. 
and I had family that was helping me out. I had my mother that was trying to help me and say, baby, just come back to Texas. Or as she would say, baby, you need to come on back home. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm taking care of my kids. I'm going to do what I need to do to take care of my kids. Got back into the workforce in Michigan. And then fast forward, I had a job that was paying well. But then one of my good friends, um, I will not give his full name. I will just say Dave, um, said, hey, look, we're looking for a job. We have a job set up and we think you might be perfect for it, but it's out of state. So we moved out of state. We moved down to Tennessee. And I will say this at this at, at that particular time, and I told I I told Monica this on the way to the studio, I had to tell the story. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at this time, um we were living out in Harrison Township. Um L C H S, if you guys know it from Michigan. And she was uh, took a test and was in the gifted kids program. Yes, I'm bragging on my kids right now. And that that's set up. Well, mark that. We'll circle back to that a little bit. So she was in the gifted students program. She was a cheerleader freshman year. And then this job comes up. So she was awarded admission to the gifted kids program, cheerleader, freshman squad. and. I have this new job opportunity and I will say this. I've had women mad at me before. I've had kids mad at me before, but I had all three of my daughters, um, my youngest daughter's best friend, my youngest daughter's best friend's mother. I had the, I'm going to put them on blast. I had the Lance Cruz High School freshman squad of cheerleaders mad at me. All the girls, the coaches, the mothers was all mad at me because I'm moving to Tennessee. When I explained to them the situation of where I was going to and what I was doing, I got to admit the coaches and the mothers were like, God bless. You're a good man. Godspeed. We don't want to see you leave, but we're glad that you're leaving because you're doing something special for your kids. I will say that my oldest child, and that's she's the next one that I, I, I want to get her on the show as well. She was the main one that was saying, Dad, let's go. Am I right, Monica? Mm-hmm. She was ready to leave, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was ready to leave. So we packed up and we moved up and we headed down to Tennessee. And I think it turned out to be a good thing pretty much. Yeah. So and and, and that's kind of giving a little backstory, not to to prune on, but it was kind of giving you a little backstory. So from from your side, what was it like again from a dad's side? I've given my perspective, but I think a lot of fathers are kind of looking at, well, what it's like from the from my child's perspective. So what was it like during that time of after I got bruised and beaten up until I told them what I was getting and they said, see ya, to heading down there? What was your – because I, I don't know what she thought. And this is and, – and truthfully, people, 
this is the first time I'm hearing it. So I'm hearing it with you. What was your experience? What was it like? What was what was going through your mind at the time? What was going through your siblings' mind at that time? Um, when we left, it was right after homecoming, and at the time, I had a little boyfriend. <laughs> but um, really, you know that you met him. Yes, you did. Okay. Yes, you did. Okay. Uh, it didn't last very long. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, my best friends at the time, we were best friends since middle school. So, of course, they were really sad. But we always kept in contact. Um, that's something that I always try to keep is, like, relationships. I'm very relationship-oriented, and I think I get that from my dad. Um, So it was just completely different. My little sister, she went to... At this time, she was going into middle school, and me and my older sister going to high school. So at least we had each other. Then she had, like, basketball and everything else. I was just the nerd of the family. So all I had was, like, books. The <laughs> smart motherfucker of the group. <laughs> all I had was books. There's a story behind that, okay? We'll circle back to that one, too. <laughs> so it definitely was different, but um, knowing me, I got involved. I got I was in, like, all my medical stuff, so that's when I really started to focus on medicine and wanting to go in that direction. Um, so I've always been more of like the rational one out of us three, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, I would say that pretty much. Um, when I mentioned a comment about the smart motherfucker group and I'm, I'm to this day, I, I cannot remember what it was. Usually my oldest one and I definitely have to get her on the show and, uh, usually my oldest one is the one I was always fussing at. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And Monica, you know, Mar- the oldest one was the athletic one of the family. Monica is the academic. Um, the youngest one, she is the artist of the group, would you say? Yeah. The, the artistic side. And normally when I was fussing at somebody, I was fussing at the oldest one. And this particular day, and I, I still cannot remember, it's been years, and I remember being in the car and – if you are from the South and you're listening to the show, you know what it's like when, if you're my age, and I'll just say uh, 50-ish, uh, <laughs> and I remember, you know, back then, you would start fussing at your kids, and then when they're quiet, you kind of like prune on, <laughs> and I was pruning on one day, and I'm going back and forth, and I'm just fussing, and they're sitting in the back. And the oldest one usually gets chewed out. Yeah. And I'm chewing out, Monica, what the hell are you doing? What the hell are you thinking? Blah, 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 blah. And the thing that messes me up is you're supposed to be the smart motherfucker of the group. And they just, and the oldest one was just like, she kind of held it in. But when we got back home, she busted out laughing saying, yeah, dad got you. Because normally it's me that I'm getting chewed out. And it's just like, it was one of those moments you can't really describe it. You have to live that moment. And that's one of the things to this day we still joke about. And I think even now in 2018, we're still trying to figure out what the uh, hell did you do? Yeah, she was living for it. Marissa was so excited. I was like, I don't know. I still don't remember what I do, but we'll still talk about it. <laughs> All they, they don't know what they talk. They don't know what it was, but they remember it's one of those phrases that they just remember, you know, it's it's kind of like the Jim Moore playoffs. What are you talking about? Playoffs, playoffs, you know, it's one of those things. So they have those moments and being a dad, it's those things that 
you don't think it's a big deal, but it is because later on those things come back and have that that, that idea as far as uh, ingrained in their brain that they never forget. Just like when we made you that T-shirt for Christmas with all your sayings on the back. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> okay. We were making I, that list for like a year. <laughs> okay. I got – okay. I'm looking at my engineer, and he's like, okay, now she's – Monica has just opened up a box. <laughs> you got to bring that T-shirt in and just read it. So. <laughs> okay. So I got to – okay. So um, there was – there was these sayings, and what would you call them? What would you call them, Monica? I think we said, like, dad sayings 101. This is just, like, your infamous sayings that you would always say that always just, like, stuck with us. Okay, and because I've been talking for a bit, what were some of them? <laughs> or um, or lead, lead, lead our fan base into it. Okay, I know one, because we started taking the bus, and I'm not a morning person, so... Waking up at 5, 6 in the morning wasn't for me. My little sister was. So he would always be like, okay, y'all better catch the bus, the bus. <laughs> it wasn't funny because I didn't want to wake up. So one time I think we actually missed the bus and <laughs> he had to take us to school. And then the thing is he didn't take us in the front. He took us all the way in the back of the parking lot and made us walk to the door. But that was one saying. Yeah, I'm a I'm a sadistic bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was another one? I had to find that. Well, list. you had you had that one um, when we were in Tennessee. You had there was the time that um, no, the one was where uh, this was back in Michigan, mm. and we were you guys were going to school and you had to get up, and I think I had already left us left to go to work. I was a little bit late. And the youngest one said that she was going to go catch the bus and you was late. I will let you finish that one because she hurt your heart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> he said she hurt my heart because I was trying to be cute and had these little boots. And you had to, like, lace them all up. And she was going to leave me. And she really left me. And I had to run to the bus. But I don't think we put that on your shirt. No. I know there was another one that you would always say, like, hurry up, you're burning on my daylight. Oh, yes. Okay. So let me back up a little bit. Some of the sayings I can remember, I think there was, like, what, 10 sayings on there? I think there? there was 12. 12? Yeah. Okay. One of them was, it's being a military vet. One of the things my drill sergeant used to tell me was, or tell our group was, you're burning up our daylight. So if the troops are moving slow and they want them to kick it up a little bit, they would say, hey, soldier, you're burning up my daylight. So I would tell that to my kids. You're burning up my daylight. So when they were moving slow, that's one thing I would tell them. Um, another thing I would tell them, and I will admit when um, one of the things I did in the early days, and I think I mentioned in my early shows, was um, Subway. Uh, <laughs> Little Caesars. <laughs> Little Caesars. <laughs> what else? Domino's. Domino's. What else? P.F. Chang's. Chang's. There you go. She hit it. <laughs> so one of the things that on my shirt, it had Chang's. Y'all want Chang's. So I would leave. Yeah, we're, we're kind of on that personal level now. So we don't say P.F. Chang's. We just say Chang's. <laughs> so we're, we kind of got it like that. And I would call in. I'd have meals. And I would go pick it up from P.F. Chang's. So we had that. Um and I would tell them about catching the bus. 
because they had to make sure they had to catch the bus. And some of the things they used to do was um, one of the typical dad things is um, I knew it was snowing one day and I would tell Nad to, you know, hey, you guys got the bus. You got to go catch the bus. I knew school was closed. And I think on one particular day, I made sure they were up, they were dressed, they were ready. (laughs) (laughs) They were dressed, they were up, they were ready to go. And then I said, "Oh yeah, by the way, school's closed today." And they're like, "Really, Dad? Really?" And in Tennessee, um, you got to understand when I say Tennessee, I'm talking about Chattanooga and Michigan. If you get five, six, seven inches of snow. You still go to school. <laughs> in Tennessee, you get... A dusting. And? A possible snowstorm. It was like, nope, school's closed. <laughs> <laughs> and there is this old rumor that if they know there's snow, they will make a run on the um, grocery stores and grab all the loaf of bread. I have... If anybody's from Tennessee, shoot me an email. What is it about the bread? All the bread's gone. Everything else is stocked, but the bread is gone. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. So it's just one of those things. Um, sorry, I'm I'm used to doing a single. And what else? Okay, I just found some of the sayings in my notes. I only found three. So one that you always said was in and people in hell want ice water. So whenever we asked him for something, this is always what he came back and said to us, which had nothing to do with what I was asking you. <laughs> so it hurt my heart. <laughs> and then and then one of them said, you know what, do what you want. Because you would always get mad if we didn't listen to you. Because you would always just be talking and saying, like, different things. And you would get mad if we didn't listen to you, like, at that second so you'd be like, you know what? Just do what you want. Just do whatever. I don't care. So knowing you cared, you did. <laughs> and and from the from the guys, and and I want to get her more involved in this. So so sorry if I'm kind of pruning on a little bit, but there's several stories that if you have custody of your kids and you're raising them, and you kind of hear us laughing and joking about the different stories, that is what what you're doing. If you already have custody of your kids and your kids are young, this is what you're going to experience. And you have to understand that this is something that you guys have to look forward, that you get to look forward to. And during that time, even though it was a tumultuous time, um, divorce is never easy. And and I see I'm way over my time, but this is going to be a longer show, um, much longer show. I'm going to let this go as long as my engineer is happy and he doesn't kick me out the show. He just gave me a salute day. Salute day. <laughs> so um, the, the, the understanding for this, and this is the whole base of the show, is that you guys have to understand what your impact is as a man and as a father to, towards your kids. And if I can ask my my daughter, what was it? What is it like when you've had conversations with your friends who have had separations? You know, mom and dad are no longer together, 
And then here you are, and they're talking to you thinking, oh, we're going to hang out with you and your mom. And you're like, no, my dad has us. What was some of the things that you had to deal with during that time and understanding during that time period? Hmm. Um, of course, like I said, I always had to be like, okay, let me ask my dad. And I think that was something different that a lot of people didn't realize. And then even fast forwarding to today, a lot of my friends um, their father father figure isn't in their life, so they'll ask me for advice. Or um, I've actually given them some of your contact information. If you had some uh, conversations with them, just because I don't have that father figure in their life, so that's just something very different. Um, especially if you don't grow up with a father that you don't have one, so you're you're kind of yearning for that male figure and that male role model. Um, one of my friends, uh, I have a godson. So she always will ask about you and um, kind of going in that direction because you have to pay. You have to play both parts. You have to be mother and father. And I will give her. They've actually had several conversations about it, and he's helped her through a lot just because um, she faces a lot like dealing with the father, um, the ba- the baby's father, and how to go about that. Uh, their similar their situations are very similar, like what she's going through and what my parents went through. So I've given her, like, my dad's um, information, my mom's information. And it's just very helpful for her to kind of see that male point of view to see if, okay, if I'm wrong in doing this, is how is this being looked at? So that's definitely helped. And then just comparing myself to my friends that do live with their father or um, do live in that two-parent household, how it's different. And that's something I'm like, okay, I can only – I just have to ask my dad. I don't have to ask my mom and my dad. Or, like, okay, my mom could say yes and my dad could say no. So, like, what do you do? I'm just like, Dad, can I do this? You're going to say yes or no, and I'm going to move on. Most of the time you say yes because you love me. But um. uh, <laughs> Yeah, she played to the, the soft side of Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Big teddy bear. Yeah. He tries to be tough, but he's not. Yeah. Any, at least not anymore. You you put on that face when we were living with you, but now that we're like at the house, you're a big teddy bear. And you're like, when are you coming to visit me? Um, allegedly. Yeah. Okay. I know allegedly. I have text messages and yeah, <laughs> phone calls. It's allegedly. Kind of like the, the show I did with you guys about uh, those alleged rumors that my mother said about me being uh, less than a gentleman back in the day. Oh. Uh-huh. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the reason why I have three daughters. <laughs> so... Um, and, and that's the thing that you guys, that I want you guys to understand is that going through that process, and I think I mentioned on one of my shows, going through that process of not being there for your kids initially because you have to understand you're going through a lot of emotional baggage at that time, but you have those offspring that you brought into this world. And they didn't ask to come here. You and that woman that you was with brought them into this world. So you have to kind of deal with that situation at the time. And I think I mentioned it before. You owe them every possibility to a successful life until they can stand up on their own two feet and go forward. Now, there are people that we know. And actually, I think not for me and again, the purpose of the show is seeing it from their perspective. And in my case, I'm using one of my daughter's perspective. She's had friends that she went to school with 
and they were doing things at one period and they had their family in their lives, their mother and their father, but then, you know, life happens, you get the seven year itch, whatever you want to call it, and that relationship splits. And then the friends that she thought was doing one thing and and from my daughter's perspective, she had friends in Michigan and in Tennessee. So when that family split, and I don't know if you've been in contact with them from both states, Mm -hmm. what's the relationship with them as far as what they're doing in life and where they're going? Because, again, as a dad, you have to set up that foundation. And what I mean by that foundation, I mean having, and, and Monica, step in, it's setting that foundation where they have a safe environment, a safe home, a safe haven to where when all the, the troubles and all the the hectic stuff going on around them in life is kicking up, they know they can come somewhere to where they're safe. And for them, no matter what happened in school, no matter what happened with their friends, they knew that be it in Michigan or be it in Tennessee, when they walked in that door, they knew they were safe because they knew that there was a male role model in there to provide a safe haven for them. Would you agree? Yeah, I know even going off of that, like, remember in high school I got that D in art and I was not having it. And I was like, Dad, you need to handle okay. this. <laughs> I, I, okay, um, not to, not to um, helicopter parent, um, 3.9896, and I know that that was the number because she made sure I remembered it. 3.98. Three point nine eight nine six GPA. She was ranked thirteen in her class and was pissed because she couldn't get on the stage. I said, "How would you?" They had the top eleven kids on stage. She was thirteen. I said, "How do you think number twelve felt?" <laughs> <laughs> so, um, definitely way up there. So, what was it? What what has it been like with some of the friends you? that you went to school with in both states Mm -hmm. because we were in Michigan, we went to Tennessee and we came back. Where are they at? If the ones that have gone through the divorce or with the separation of the parents, Mm. um, a lot of my friends actually like their parents have been separated and never were married. Um, so they're definitely in a different spot. They're kind of in like the same situation as I am, like having to grow up faster, having to kind of take care of yourself and, Definitely learning those lessons a lot earlier on, which has helped you progress and learn a lot more, be more mature, along with the friends that do grow up in two-parent households that are babied and that are just now leaving home. And I'm 21, so they're just now leaving home because they they were so used to that comfort factor. Like, I'm always ready for change. They're ready to, like, get out of my comfort zone and try new things. And I think that's definitely helped me, like, not growing in a two-parent household um, be, just because I had to kind of do stuff, a lot of stuff on my own or ask for advice. I didn't just, I wasn't always just stagnant, we, especially cause we moved. Um, I had to be comfortable doing that. So definitely just being in those two different spaces, but a lot of them are in school. Um, a lot of them do know what they want, but some of them like don't know exactly what they want to do for their career. And for me, I've always kind of known what I want to do since I was younger and going through high school, I've always taken uh, taking medical classes and knew kind of what direction I wanted to go in, um, kind of for my siblings. Sometimes they didn't know exactly what they wanted to go in, but they always came to me and asked me for advice. And I know, like, Dad, you always were like, go in the medical field. Like, it's stable, da 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 But I'm like, 
you know what, little sis, do what you want to do. <laughs> if this is what you want to do, like, go for it. And it's okay to take, like, time off and time to, like, figure it out. I know one of my uh, college classes, I think I got, like, a C minus, and it was rough. It was chemistry. It wasn't for me. <laughs> um, and you're like, that's okay, Monica. Like, it only proves that you're human. You just got to keep going. And that's something that has always stuck with me, um, even, like, progressing through. I think I might have been, like, a sophomore or, like, first semester junior. Um, that's always like stuck with me and kept me going because now I now I have more confidence that, OK, yeah, you might take a year off to get into medical school, but you're going to get into medical school. You're going to be what you want to do, um, be and have the career that you want. So that's stuff, something that definitely like you've instilled in me and you want your house in Florida. <laughs> so I have to fulfill that dream. Sanibel, Florida. <laughs> I have to fulfill that dream. But it's definitely kept me going. Tesla. I want a model Tesla. He's so model S. He, he wants a lot of stuff. There, there's an old, there's an old commercial, and I'm gonna post it on my Twitter feed. There's a commercial of a dad, and he's looking at his newborn child, and the baby's in the crib and just laughing and giggling. He says, "Oh yes, who are you? Who are you? Daddy's your, little your daddy's little <laughs> nest egg. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. So it's, uh, it's one of those TD Ameritrade. I gotta find it. Once I find it, I'll post it online. But yeah. That's that I have three little nest eggs, so got to get that stuff going. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because like all my siblings are like, Monica, we're gonna have Christmas at your house when you're older, and everybody's gonna come to your house. Like, wait, when did I sign up for this? <laughs> like, I'm confused. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, it's and that's the thing that that I want to explain to you guys, and I think I mentioned um, in one of my po- uh, the one podcast. I think it was the main one was the perception video that. Um, and I'll say again, if you haven't listened to it, please do. Um, because there's a lot of information that's there from a father's perspective of being there for your kids. And that is that that's the main goal. Because at the end of the day, we have to be there for our kids. And get them to where they need to be. I am honored having her here and having you guys hear some of the stories, not from, you know, not from me talking, but from her talking and saying that this is what we have, um, you know, where to see it from their perspective. And if I was to ask you, you mentioned a lot of some of the things your friends are going through, the positive. And I think one of the things I told my daughters is that whenever they graduated, I said, look at where your friends are five years from now. And without giving names, what have you seen from the ones that have been successful and the ones that haven't been successful as far as having that male presence in their life? Um, I know some of them are kind of stagnant and kind of fine with being at home. Me, I was like, okay, I'm graduating 2015. Dad, I'm out. I got to go. Um, so I moved somewhere that was close enough to home but far enough from home just so I could grow even more and ex- share the experiences with him. He's always one of the first people that I call with anything positive, negative um, to get advice. So that's definitely been something that I think the distance has helped because now we're a lot closer. He's told me a lot of things that I didn't know about. Um Compared to when I was living with him, we would argue, but that's just because you're around each other all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's the dad thing, you know. Just that's just what we do, you know. And um, by being there, 
there is a lot of a, a lot of argument or discussion there. But from her being in school, it's like she's a couple hours away. But if anything happens, she knows she can come home. If it's bad enough, she knows I'm going to be there. So she knows that safety net is there. And yes, and it, her mother is there also, and her dad is there. So you have that 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 dual thing. And I think I mentioned one of my shows. You know, yes, I'm cordial with her. We're not sitting in a circle singing Kumbaya. You know, we had a conversation yesterday, um, and as she came home to raid my food mm. and force me to make chili for her to take back to college. I was hungry. <laughs> yeah, she's hungry. Her and <laughs> her and her younger sister, they're both up at college, so I had to do some cooking for them so, to bring that back to them, but mm. I digress. So, <laughs> continue. What else? <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of times, like I said, I'll like, contact him first, and we've definitely grown closer. Sometimes you call me for advice, which I'm like, oh, wow. I feel special. <laughs> yes. I mean, as you get older, and I, and I think um, some of the fathers, the older gentlemen, you guys will understand that you reach out to your kids because it's kind of like a reflection on yourself. And I, I found myself on more than one occasion taking self-assessment of finding out what I did right, what I did wrong, because for me, my main mission and it's the mission that my mother set for me. And the mission that was set, again, with her being a single parent, was um, when she grew up, you know, she was born in 1939. And her life was hard. Um, a lot of changes. She was one of 15 kids. So her thing was, I want to make sure that my kids live a better life than I did. So when we came along and she went through the divorce with my father, um, the thing she instilled in me was your goal is to make sure your kids live a better life than you. And my goal was to do the same thing. Now, have I had setbacks in life? Yes, we all do. But my goal was to make sure that they came up in a much better environment. I've set standards as far as where they should go in life and the goals they should attain. And I would say for the most part, and if I'm wrong, sweetheart, please tell me, that I think I met a lot of those goals. I planned the seeds um, for them. And again, I have um, Monica's graduating next spring. The older sibling, um, she's going to be graduating in the spring as well. The day before she, me. The day before <laughs> her. She kind of, I think Monica could say she kind of took the scenic route, but she got there. And the youngest one, she's a sophomore right now. And that's the goal, to get them from elementary to junior high to high school to college. And I think, uh, and I'm looking at my time right now because I think we're getting a little bit closer to time. I was going to do it in a 20-minute segment, but I think we, sorry if you guys used to the 20-minute shows. We were kind of stretching this out. Uh, you can kind of say perception video or podcast. We kind of stretched it. But um, I think... With them, uh, by being there for them during that time period, because I think I mentioned from pre-K up to the fifth grade, and feel free to jump in. Mm. From pre-K to fifth grade, the parents are always involved because it's elementary school. They're always there. 
I'd say sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, if your system is similar to that, would you say that that's when they start to kind of kind of fade out? Yeah, especially like parent teacher conferences. Um, a lot of times, like parents wouldn't show up, and you were always there, like checking on us. Um, like my teachers could always count on you being there and like checking up on your students, which is really nice. Um, just to always have like that constant um, support system and checkup. I guess you could say, because now I'm like, okay, now I have to get good grades and have to do this because, like, I know my dad's going to be at parent-teacher conferences, and I can't have anybody say anything negative about me. Yeah, and one of the comments was, you know, the kids were like, I would talk to the teachers, and I remember um, when at, we're in Michigan, they used to say, Dad, why are you? Why are you always talking to the teachers? Why, why you, you know, we can't do anything because you know this teacher, this teacher, you know the principal, you know the vice, the the vice principal. Why? Just, just be one of those parents that don't care, and you can't do that. You got to be one that steps in the play. So, junior high they start to kind of fade out, and then in high school it's it's pretty much would you say pretty much non-existent or yeah. But you were always at those parent-teacher conferences. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I mean, and, and what you do is with some of those parents, if, and what I learned was, if your kid is making straight A's or in the A-B range, you can go to those parent-teacher conferences, and the teacher will say, well, hey, thanks for coming in, but you're really not the person that we need to see. We need to see little Johnny that's making B's, C's, and D's, and F's. And in some cases, C's, D's, and F's. And they were like, we appreciate you coming here, but you're not the one we need to see. But going forward, you have to be there for them. And the bottom line is this. When you're going through this situation and going through this scenario of the divorce, and these are things that I didn't know. So as I put my shows out, and my kids listen to the shows, and they're like, Dad, we didn't know. So today is my first thing that I'm hearing from her of stuff I didn't know. So it's it's one of those things where it's kind of a, a give and take. Hopefully I didn't take up too much time. How, how are we looking on time? Okay, we're good. Okay. He's like, yeah, you got to hurry up and get the hell up out of here. I got other stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> so... Monica, if I, if I can ask you, what were some of the things? Oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to ask this. What were some of the things that you and your siblings experienced that kind of influenced where you were and where you're at now? From what you can talk about, um, I know one of the biggest things that we talked about this earlier was in fifth grade. I was running track um, for my elementary school, and I was like, "Dad, you have to come. Like, we're doing a relay." And I didn't think he was going to make it because he was at work. And literally, as I'm running down the track field, he showed up and was literally running next to me on the gate. And my, like, teachers were crying and all that. So that's something that I've always known that I can count on him. Like, he's always definitely, like, delivered. And I know my siblings always think the same thing. And then you always kind of push us to be better. And you definitely push us to be a lot more responsible. So, like, now you got me paying my own cell phone bill. Um, but definitely paying a lot more of my things and learning that responsibility. Like I know how to file taxes. I know how to do a FAFSA. I know how to do loans and all this other stuff. And that's a lot of things that like some of my friends don't know how to do. So they'll come to me and I'm like, okay, I can attribute this to like my father and him helping me with that stuff. 
So I definitely know, like, my siblings feel the same way. Um, Just always counting on you and knowing that you're going to be there. If I call, pretty much you always answer the phone or call me back and leave a voicemail if I don't answer. Um, He'll always sing us happy birthday on our birthdays (laughs) and leave, like, voicemails um, if we're in class or anything. So, yeah. And and that's the thing. These are things that, as a dad, you may not think it's a big deal, but it is. And that is the purpose of what we do here. Because at the end of the day, be it if you have sons or you have daughters, going through life as they get older, they're going to take the information that they've learned at those early stages in life and they're going to apply it to where they're at. So if you plant positive seeds, those seeds are going to grow and it'll move forward in life to being successful, doing great things and being happy, productive individuals. If you're not there or you're non-existent or you think that it's no big deal, you plant those seeds, it will reflect it. I'm not going to sit here and I'm not and understand I'm not trying to crap on anyone's parenting skills because I will tell you, as I said before, and I think that Monica will attest, I've made plenty of mistakes. Plenty. Go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I don't know. Should I say it? I don't know if I should or not. I mean, technically I'm at the house. You can't do anything now. Yeah, you're grounded. (laughs) She's grounded. Anyway, but you have to be that you plant those seeds and by planting those seeds, it takes them to another level to be because at the end of the day, you want your kids to be successful and you want to provide any man that's worth their salt. You want to provide that foundation for them to go forward. And by planting that found by laying that foundation for them, that takes them to another level. And as I said in my shows before, I have one that was great in academics and she's in school now. She took the scenic route, but she's in school. She graduates. I have the one that's in the studio with me today. She's doing a double major. And she's going to be graduating next year. My youngest one, she's still finding her path, but she's in school. So she's looking at all the opportunities that are available there to her to say, you know what? I'm better. You know, I I know I'm a good person. I'm a good woman, uh, a, a good lady, and I want to do more with my life. And that's the goal. Like I said in that perception video and the video after, I've never heard of a kid come to me and say, I want to be a drug addict. I want to be a pimp. I want to be a prostitute. I've never heard it. I've heard a doctor, a lawyer, a fireman, an athlete, you know, a doc, all these different positive things. And that's what we have to do. We have to provide that foundation. And it starts with, yes, it's a tumultuous time going through that divorce. But if you set that foundation, it will provide, you will get results. You will see it in where they're at. I'm proud of where my daughters are at right now. And I'm proud of the fact that not only are they thriving, they're taking the information and the things they learned from me being at home and they're applying it to their friends. As Monica mentioned, now she's her friends are coming to her. What's your dad like? Hey, can your dad talk to me? 
And I mentioned in one of my shows that, yeah, I'm surprised that one of her friends are calling me saying, hey, can, Monica, can I talk to your dad? And because they had questions. So your role is not diminished. You have to do, you're bigger than what you think. And even though it may not seem like it's a, it's bearing fruit right now, it bear fruits later. So anything else? I guess one thing is definitely of you kind of set the role model. So anybody that we date, I expect them to open the door for me. <laughs> Adam be opening the door. He already knows what it is. Oh, he's on blast. Yeah, I wasn't going to, I was not going to say his name, but he's on blast right now. He'll be all right. Um, so definitely kind of set that role model. I kind of know like what I should look for in a man per se. So yeah, mm-hmm. I just need to put that out there. Okay. So, as we're coming to wrap up the show right now, I think we are a little bit over uh, our time right now where we're at, but um, I hope you guys kind of understand a little bit of this, and I will admit that um, I'll put myself on blast a little bit. It's a little bit nervous having, uh, you know, going from just myself and my engineer to having the engineer myself and my middle daughter here on, on the set today. But I'm thankful for this, and I think that if you guys listen to this from a male perspective, kind of understand, it might have been, it'll come out that, yeah, he's kind of a little bit out there, but you got to understand, if you do the right things, you're planting the seeds, and they will definitely bear fruit. And I'm sitting here with someone who has turned into a beautiful young lady, and I'm seeing it. My engineer is seeing it of where they're at and where they're going. So hopefully this kind of helps you guys out. Um, I think it's going to be the first of three shows. I'm going to try and get the other two on uh, and see where they're at. Um, And you guys get a perspective of all three of them. And then you can make your own decisions from that. So as we come to wrap up the show, I want to say that, again, my name is Mark Hill. This is Single Fathers Today. If you have any questions and comments, what I did right, what I did wrong, am I too giddy about having my middle child on the show today, please send me an email at singlefatherstoday at gmail.com. I will have some stuff we'll post online um, probably um, within the next, um, well, it, the show's going to go online, and uh, this is a Sunday, so it'll probably go online probably Tuesday or Wednesday, so I'll have some stuff posted online. And it's a Twitter feed at singlefatherstoday. I am your host, Mark Hill, and keep fighting. Thank you.